welcome to Let It Out with me, Katie Dilbao, and my co-host with the most, Ella. We're really happy to be back for the second Northwest Cherries Q&A episode. Ella and I were just chatting before this about summer and being warm. And I have a story for both of you. But first, I want to tell you about Northwest Cherries, the reason for this episode, the reason for the season. We love this sponsor so much. It's like actually pretty funny because I had a joke. If you listened to last week's episode with James Michael from Northwest Cherries, you heard me say that I had been joking for a while. Like, wouldn't it be funny if a fruit could actually sponsor this podcast? So with that, our summer wouldn't be complete without today's sponsor, Northwest Cherry Growers. This episode is brought to you by the delicious, sweet summertime fruit, Northwest Cherries. Beyond their crisp, juicy flavor and deep red color, sweet cherries pack an abundance of nutritional benefits to support your health year-round. Research shows that sweet cherries have a positive effect on inflammation, blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, cognitive function, even sleep. So do yourself a favor and add sweet cherries to your shopping list today. They're now available in grocery stores nationwide. Tis the season for cherries. Visit nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. That's nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. Okay. I went right into the ad, but before we started recording, Ella, I said to Ella, I was like, did you turn the, the fan off and for recording and like how it, how it sounded? And what did you say? You're like, I have, I have nothing on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I, then I corrected myself saying not clothing wise. And then I said, I laughed obviously. And then I was like, well, you know what? To be honest with you yesterday, my apartment is so hot. I didn't really realize how hot it's been. It's my first summer being here. And I don't have not in LA, but in this apartment, I was living somewhere else last summer and I don't have air conditioning, but I ordered one yesterday. And here's why. I had three podcasts back to back yesterday. And then we had our rap party recital for Creative Underdogs. So basically a lot of Zoom time on my computer where my computer was overheating. And I at one point had to like fully, I was, I did have nothing on. <laughs> I, uh, I like put on this big t-shirt like had to take off all my clothes. I was so sweaty. And then I ended up, as you know, Ella, going over to my friend, Dr. Patty, our friend of the podcast, Dr. Patty's house with AC to take our creative underdogs call because I was feeling faint <laughs> yeah. because it was so hot in here. And I love the heat, but it was truly, I was so sweaty. And then our video was off for, for this Zoom call with an upcoming guest. And, and she's a, a friend of mine. This is this will be her third time on the podcast. And the last time I saw her, she was in New York and I haven't seen her since. And she's like, oh my God, turn on your video. Like, how are you? And I was like, I will. I just have to warn you like of the situation over here. <laughs> is it really hot and humid where you are? It's not too bad. It's been super duper rainy um, the past couple of weeks. And I wish that some of that rain could go out West to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but today's pretty nice. It's like maybe 80 degrees. So 
Nice. Yeah. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Ooh, um, neither. Probably cold because you can always put more things on, but there you can't. There's a finite number of things you can take off. Yeah, I hear that, but I do feel like when I'm really cold, like sometimes I can't warm up, even putting a bunch of clothes on. So that argument, like it always seems like being too cold is the better option, but I question if it is sometimes. Yeah. I don't love that question because I just want to be in perfect temperature. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's do some better questions. What have, what have you got for us this week? All right. So this is from a listener and it's, what is the meaning behind your tattoo? Yeah. I got this question like a bunch of times actually on Instagram. People always DM me this. Maybe not people. This is it's not that many, but like like five or six. And do you have any tattoos, Ella? I have one. I have a kitty cat on my ankle. Oh, that's so cute and fitting for you. <laughs> I didn't have any tattoos before the pandemic. <laughs> and like never really thought about them, never really like considered getting one at all. Like just never thought I would. And I don't know exactly what happened. I think I'm around a lot of all of my in-person friends here, maybe not all, but many, most definitely last summer, everyone who I was spending my time with, they all have tattoos and like a lot of tattoos and they look really cool. And Leah, who you know from the podcast and, and Leah came back from Buffalo. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, Leah Clancy, my friend and her and I have a, have a really cool way that we met. I was subletting her room at the beginning of the pandemic because she is a friend of my friend, Christine, who you might also know from the podcast. And at that time, she has an apartment in Mexico City. And so she was in Mexico City. And when the pandemic began and I was meant to just stay in her apartment for March and April of 2020 and then go back to New York where I was living. And you know, obviously it was March and April of 2020. And it was such a wild time that everyone was just kind of warming up to this. And then eventually I didn't know where I was going to go. if She came back to her room in LA. And so she ended up going to Buffalo where she's from and staying with her parents. And I stayed in her room much longer. And then eventually she came back and I moved just around the corner with some, some other people. And so I spent the summer like with Leah and my old roommates at that house. And they like really became my best friends here. And so Anyway, Leah has a lot of tattoos and Leah does stick and poke. And so I guess just we were talking about tattoos a lot and it was just kind of on my mind. And I just said, like, I, I want to do it. Like, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Like, we, you know, it was, it was that summer where like none of us were really doing anything. It was actually I'm really grateful for the situation that I was in. But like nothing was open. It was, you know, really we all remember what that time was like. And I was spending so much time with this small group of people and so happy about that. And it was actually really great as a a lot of heaviness going on, but like great in that bonding, like to bond with them in that way. And, and I'm still close with them. And, and one night I think Leah was just like, let's, I, or I asked her to do, I wanted to 
do a stick and poke tattoo. And so she did these ones on my, my hands. It's like on my, the side of my hand and my finger. And it's, I don't really have a meaning behind it. I just, it reminds me of this time in my life. Like I call all these tattoos that I got my scars from the pandemic or like my, you know, and I walked over there that night and I, I told this person who I cared what he thought of me. I was like, Oh, I'm going to get my tattoo. And I think I did that when I was moving to New York, where I was like, if I tell everyone I'm doing it, then I'm going, this is my ego, but I was like, I'm going to feel silly if I don't actually do it. So that was my like strategy for getting myself to do something that I wanted to do, but I was nervous to do. And so I kind of did the same thing here too, where I w- I just said to him, I was like, I'm doing it. So I knew I'd feel silly if I like came home and then was like, well, I didn't do it, you know? And so I, I so I didn't. So I just walked over there and we, it was just the most fun night. Like we just hung out and drank wine. And then Leah was so funny. Like we would joke that she was scrubbing in, like she would put like gloves on and she had her mask and she was like under a light and she, you know, it was just like really fun and funny. And, um, and we listened to music and I remember exactly what we were listening to. And it's a really positive memory for me. And I never, ever felt any like, regret or like, oh man, that was like, I, until recently (laughs) where now I'm like, oh, this is going to like be in my body forever. And like, what is it? It looks kind of weird. And, but I'm also like, it's so who I was then and it's fine. And I think that happened because a couple of months ago, it was actually the day I got the vaccine, the first vaccine, which was like very emotional for me for some reason. Like I felt physically fine after it. My arm was sore after the first one. But as I was getting it, it, it felt really emotional. I was like, this is strange. I don't know what they're like putting in me. And I think it's good I'm getting it. But I also, I don't know. And also, I had these really complex feelings that I think I've talked about in the podcast before. of Like, you know, the entire last, however long that was, 13 months, 14 months, or whatever it was, of the pandemic kind of like flashing before my eyes and, and feeling complex about so much good happened personally for me that wouldn't have maybe happened friendship wise or moving wise or whatever, if it hadn't been the pandemic. So feeling a bit complicated of like it ending at that time and just feeling complicated about those feelings. And, and yeah, it was just really emotional. And so then the, that night I was with my friend Savannah and when I moved into this apartment, I, you know, moved out of somewhere else. And I obviously, and I very quickly met Savannah, my friend here, who is such a close friend. She is my neighbor. She was my neighbor when I first moved in. And like, we met in a really kismet way. Like I got talking to her and she's like, can I like get your number? Do you want to be friends? And like, she's introduced me to all of her friends and I've introduced her to my friends. And we just have this like, I'm so grateful that that happened because it really changed my life and my community here. And so this night, the night I got the vaccine, I was hanging out with her and our friends here as I have done for the past, you know, nine months or whatever it's been. And we were somewhere where someone was doing tattoos. And I was really like, I think I jokingly was like, should we, should we do it? Should we get one? Cause for months after I got the first tattoo from Leah, I was like, I want a million more. Like that was cool. And it felt really correct. And so here I, I was like, yeah, let's get this. Let's get these matching tattoos. And so we did, but 
it looks kind of funny and it's like a really thick line and it's not necessarily the style that I would want because I want to get a bunch of other ones that are like thinner lines and in a different style. And so now I feel like they'll look funny next to this one. I don't really love the spot it's in. And the funniest part is that even though Savannah and I got the same thing, they're a little bit different. Like we got them in different spots. And so they're a little bit different, but I did feel really regretful after that. I was like, oh man, this is going to be on my body forever. Like, and that night, and I w- hadn't been drinking or anything. I was just like, yeah, I think it'll be great. And then the next day I was like, what did I do? <laughs> and I talked to Aaron and Noah, my, my friends who have done this podcast a lot about it. And they both have tattoos. And I was just like, why did I do this? I feel so silly already. Like it's another thing to dislike about myself and my body. And then I was like, whatever it's another thing to accept about myself and it's so who I was then and it's fine. And I, and now I'm starting to just be like, all right, these are on my body and sure you could cover it up, but I'm not going to do that. I have no interest in doing that. And it's actually been kind of fun and funny with Savannah. Like we'll be out and talking to people that that we meet or whatever. And and we'll be like, Oh, we have, we have matching tattoos you want to see, you know? And so like, then we kind of like tell the story and it reminds me of my friendship with her. And the other one reminds me of my friendship with Leah and like moving here and how wild this all was. And so it's maybe not a great story. And I definitely couldn't keep that tight, but I think these are going to be here for the long haul. So, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, I, you know, we'll, we'll remember this. We all will, I think how, wild this all is and was, you know, I was having dinner with Dr. Patty and and my friend Zoe last night. And I was saying how it's interesting, you know, we were talking about the Delta variant and COVID and on all of it. And I, I was kind of sleepy and you know how you get after you've like been a hot, clearly I was hot yesterday (laughs) in a long day. And, and I was just like kind of zoning out while they were talking. I was like, I can't believe coronavirus happened. Like, it just sometimes like taking in the wildness of it. And then we all kind of go back to our lives and we're like, I can't believe we're ever not talking about how wild it was. And also I don't really want to be talking about it all the time, like feeling all of that at the same time. But does it ever hit you of just like, this is wild. It does. Yeah. Like taking a step back. It's just such a crazy thing that no one could have predicted that like we'd spend the whole year not going out and all that stuff that came with it. And yeah, it sounds like you had a pretty positive experience of it personally, which I think I is awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I don't know. It's wild. It's so unexpected. It's, it could have gone a million different ways. It was, it was definitely scary in March to be, be like, okay, this pretty wild thing is happening. I have no idea how long this is going to be. And I'm not, not only am I not at my home, I'm in a state where I've like basically never been. And uh, I've, I've been to California before, but not that much. And I don't have a home right now. Like I literally didn't have a lease or an apartment or anything. And, but it, like you said, I did have a really positive experience of it. And I have no idea why that is. I feel complicated about it because I know a lot of people had it really tough and had loneliness. And I never had that as a grown up single person without a partner, without it's not lost on me how fortunate I am because 
this was my worst nightmare. Someone who was like in New York, always out and always going to places and always around people to, to not have to be alone. And then it's funny that in the pandemic, I was like more not alone than I'd been actually because of just the living situations I was in. And, and now I do live alone and that's carried over, but it's not lost on me how big of a deal that that is. Yeah. That's really lucky that you had. Were you mostly, I think you said this last time you were mostly alone for it and with your roommate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my housemate and I moved from Northampton to the neighboring town actually last summer. So right in the thick of everything. And it definitely wasn't terrible, but you know, that same summer, you know, Maria, she moved up to to Vermont and, you know, she was one main source of socialization for me. Yeah. So that was kind of a big loss. I was simultaneously really happy for her and her new adventure and sad that I can't see her every week. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it, it was, it was tough. I think it was, you know, I'm definitely more introverted than you are, Katie, but still, you know, having nothing to do. And I think also when you don't live alone, you have to be like twice as mindful of where you go and who you see, and you have to be accountable to that person. Um, Yeah. Which, you know, isn't at, for somebody who likes to be independent, that was, that was kind of tricky for me. Um, Yeah. I will say that my housemate and I got a lot closer because we had Thanksgiving together. We had Christmas together. Um, All of these things that usually both of us do with our own respective families. We were stuck in our little apartment together and, you know, really made the best of that. So that was good. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody will look back on this and remember it in, in some way because it was just, is and it still is truly so wild and there's that video on youtube where someone's like going back to their past self telling them about what happens and they're like wait what like i i think about that all the time if someone sat 2019 me down and was like so you're moving to la this is gonna happen all of the blah, blah, blah. i'd be like what but but then they'd be like turns out it's okay you know i would be shocked and anyway i'm i'm sorry that there was toughness to that for you. And I'm also, you know, happy to hear there's also richness in that. And there's even part of me that feels like, gosh, I wonder how it would have played out if I had been alone in an apartment in New York. Like I would have somehow made the best of that or like, would I have gotten a ton of work done? There was a moment here where I almost, when I moved out of Leah's place and I moved around the corner, I was meant to go to Koreatown in LA to the studio apartment by myself. And I instead I lived with other people and it really was a lot cool, but a lot. And I wonder what it had would have been like if I would have, you know, gone to that studio apartment. Probably would have gotten a lot of work done. And I talked to my friend Carolina about that and I was like, what if I had done that? None of this stuff we had talked about all summer would have happened. And I wouldn't have met this person and this and this and this. And I was like, but I would have gotten a lot of more work. And she's like, yeah, but it would have been more of the same, you know, like, I think what's nice about life outside of the pandemic is that like, 
there's more uncertainty. There's more, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in the pandemic, but I mean, when you are out, when you are running into people, there's a lot of like, you can get tossed off, your day can get tossed off a lot more, or there's twists in your plans when you're interacting with people and bumping into things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I definitely miss that during the pandemic. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what, what's next with that. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully the variants aren't put us into lockdown 2.0, but you know, you never know. Yeah, I know. I saw this funny tweet or something this morning that was like Delta Airlines being like, why did who named it this or something? And then <laughs> Corona the beer replied to that and was like, tell me about it. <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. That made me laugh. Okay, what... What have we got next? All right. So here's another listener question. So she says, you talk about your journaling practice often on the show, and it's intriguing. What's your introduction to journaling as a practice? And what are your recommendations for how to start? Thank you. And I love the show. Thank you so much for listening. So I wrote a book about journaling that came out in 2016. And I've spoken about this a lot because at the time that the book came out, I, you know, I was talking about the book a lot and, and promoting it and doing other people's podcasts and doing local TV news and, you know, um, doing all of this press about it. And thinking back, you know, I was, I was 25 at the time and I wrote the book, you know, when I was 24, 23, 24. And now, you know, I'm 31 and that book exists in the world and people are still finding it. And and I talk about journaling a lot and I'm so happy that I picked something that is free, accessible, anybody can do. I still believe in, I still do every single day. And that is really fortunate, you know, that it wasn't a topic that like my tattoos that I regret in any way. I don't regret my tattoos. We've covered that. But anyway, as far as how my journaling practice started, like I never grew up writing or keeping a journal. I never thought of myself as a writer. I didn't think I really had anything to say. And then I was in treatment for an eating disorder right after college and I was in therapy. And so I got into like a lot of self-help and personal growth and spiritual texts. And I was reading all these self-help personal growth books. And I, one day I was in Barnes and Noble with a gift card and I wandered out of the personal growth section into the stationary section. I bought this colorful journal and I just started writing in it. Like I started writing out my like true, dark, scary thoughts that I wouldn't want to say out loud to people because I wouldn't want to scare them. And I also said my really lofty goals and hopes and dreams that I wouldn't want to say out loud because I'd be embarrassed or responsible for trying to get them. And I was able to be honest with, for the first time, you know, I was constantly wearing masks in my life. And and so this was a time where I was able to like take off the masks and, and be myself. And that was really liberating. So I kept doing it. And then eventually I was like recommending it to friends and they would come to me with like a work issue or a relationship thing or a body image thing. And I'd be like, that's kind of weird, but have you tried journaling? Like I was kind of embarrassed about it and I would give them prompts and then eventually I, you know, got this book deal and I, I wrote this book that's 55 journaling prompts. And, um, but, but in the book, I talk about getting started. And, you know, I think it's, if you ask yourself a good question, you'll 
get a good answer from your intuition. You know, so I think asking a good open-ended question, even something as simple as how were you really feeling today? And just writing and not judging it and not writing for someone else to read it because that's like writing an email or writing a text, you know, like that's fine, but it's a different thing or writing an essay, right? Like, but just simply writing for yourself and also not writing for your future self, like someone that's going to come back and read the journal, but truly just writing for yourself. And for me, it's skimming the pond scum off the top of your, the thoughts in your mind. You know, we have like over 60,000 thoughts a day. So if you can skim the scum off the top of the pond, you can get to the clear water, the sparkly ideas are underneath that and a solution to a problem perhaps, or you can let out the gunk of like, I'm holding a resentment or I'm, why am I upset about this? Why does this activate me? What's going on here? What am I worried about? Getting to the root of that, I think is really liberating and helpful and what I've learned about journaling. And so it's still something I do. You know, I do a version of the first exercise in my book is called The Morning Dump. <laughs> and it's, you know, based off of Julia Cameron's The Artist Way's morning pages. And, you know, it's like a version of three full pages front back front. And I find it very useful. And when I don't do it, I'm a little bit cranky or I'm a little bit unclear about how I'm feeling. And sometimes I like take it outside and I'll do it, you know, at a park or sometimes I'll do it first thing when I wake up in my bed and that varies, but I always am am really happy when I do do it. Do you journal Ella? I do. I don't have a consistent practice. I've tried for a while to do that. And I've kind of just stopped beating myself up for not having a consistent practice, yeah. but I do, I definitely find journaling really helpful when yeah. I am, like you said, upset about something or have a lot of feelings that I need to process or sit with. And just, I, I enjoy writing just in general and I like yeah. the word and yeah. So sometimes I, I'll just sit down and write as I guess a self-care practice and I always kind of invariably feel more grounded afterwards. And sometimes I I do write some gratitudes if I'm feeling particularly down or lost or something to kind of focus on what's going well and what small things I can actually be grateful for. And that also helps me a lot. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I, I make this distinction in the book that there, first of all, journaling is not for everybody. Some people don't like it or want to do it. Or some people do like audio texts or journaling into their phone. And I make this distinction in the book where I say that there are people who are SOS journalers and maintenance journalers. And SOS journalers are people who, you know, turn to journaling when they feel like pregnant with something they need to process, you know, or people who are maintenance journalers who kind of check in every day. And, you know, I think there's, I've gone through periods of my life of being both and you know, I think that's really common to vacillate between the two, but it's a practice that's so useful to me. And last summer, Maria, Ella's friend who, and my friend who worked with me and let it out for a long time. And I made something called the right kit, which we have, and people will, will link to, but it's a workshop about journaling. And it's kind of like an extension of my book, an update for my book with different prompts and activities. And, you know, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt for your mind and writing. And 
there, it's about writing for yourself, writing for emotional wellness, but then there's also writing to be shared and how that's important and how that's useful. And actually, Leah, who I mentioned before, my friend, is a writer and, and has a MFA in writing and is like a beautiful writer and poet. She is a guest and, and teaches in that workshop. And so we'll link to that. And, and I did an episode with Leah last summer, which we'll also link to. But if people want to try the, the, the right kit, that's available. We also have a, a four-day journaling workshop that is free that is on our, on our website that we can link to too, where people go through, we take you through four days of prompts about different themes. There's a different theme each day, one on intimacy, one on, I don't remember, creativity, I think. I don't remember what each day's themes are. I made it last summer, but four-day journaling workshop is a really cool way if you did want to try it to, you know, take a stab at at journaling and, and see what comes of it. And then, you know, maybe do the right kid or, you know, maybe find a practice that works for you. But I have a lot of resources for journaling if anyone does want to want to try the practice. So I have a question for you. What books have you been reading lately? I'm still reading the book of laughter and forgetting from that my friend Crystal gave me, which I love so much. And I very highly recommend it. And then my friend Savala Nolan is doing the podcast next week. And I've been reading her book and I'm so looking forward to talking to her. It is so well written. Her style of writing, her craft, like just coming soon for a debrief on that. And then I just interviewed Andrea Owen and I was reading her book, Make Some Noise to get ready for that. And I also interviewed Jessamine Stanley, came back on the podcast in her new book, Yoke. So I've been reading a lot of books for the show. And I, I also borrowed a, a, a lot of books from my friend Dini when I was house sitting for her and have been reading a lot of Joan Didion. So I've been reading a lot. And I think we were going to talk about TV shows and movies, but I've got nothing there because I've just been reading these books. Maybe next week. Sure. Yeah. I'm impressed by how many books you can read at once. <laughs> well, I'm not doing that well. It's, uh, <laughs> but thank yeah, I'm you. My, make, I've been making my way through this novel for a little bit. What's it called? It's called The Power by Naomi Alderman. And it's sort of like a futuristic, not quite sci-fi, but it's sort of like, it imagines a world where women have this physical power over men. And kind of how that plays out in society. And it's super interesting. Um, Ooh, I love that. Through. Yeah. Cool. You'll have to give us a, how far are you in it? I'm about uh, between a third and halfway through. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll have to give us an update next week. That sounds yeah, great. That sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right. What time for one more quick one? Yeah. Okay. So here is a, uh, listener sent this in. She says, hello, Katie. I'm a longtime listener and have come to think of your podcast as a favorite intergenerational friendship through my ears. My question is about projects and how you wrap up one and choose the next. My COVID project was to run every street in my home city of Santa Barbara, California. I'm starting to think about how I might document the experience, maybe in a book or a series of blog posts. I'm also thinking a lot about what's next. This is the first long-term project I've started and actually finished. I'm curious about how you follow your curiosity when choosing your next project. 
Thank you again for all you do. Wow. Thank you. That is such a cool project. And you should definitely document it in some way, you know? If we've the theme of this episode, document some I mean, I documented the pandemic by um putting some strange lines on my on my body forever. So I think I'm the most nostalgic person. So I think documenting this is a must for you, especially if it's something that was so so meaningful. But in terms of a, a creative project, I think my friend Josh said this, I think when he did the podcast, maybe I even said this last week, but when it comes to having a lot of ideas or, or choosing a project, it will rise to the top. Like, don't worry about having a lot of ideas or not knowing what's next. Like, I think it'll eventually, you just need more time. If you don't know, you need more time because I think you'll get a hit of inspiration or an idea and you'll want to do it. And the other, you know, seeds of ideas will kind of just fall away and you can pick them up later. But, you know, I've had ideas to collaborate with something with someone for a long time and they don't happen or they happen right away or they happen way later than I thought, or they happen in a different way than I expect. And it's the same thing with myself, you know? So I think all you have to do is like create the conditions, like manage your nervous system and do keep it in the day, like do what feels good in the moment, follow that. And then I think the next thing that you want to do will feel more clear and you know, I think this is this is exactly what I talk about in my one-on-one creative consulting with people. And it's what we talk about in Creative Underdogs, which we're renaming to In Process. But, you know, it's a main theme of like, I think we're all constantly trying to figure out the next thing, but I would, wouldn't even worry about figuring out the next thing. I would just enjoy the ending of this really big project that's really cool and documenting it. And then the next thing will hit you just like doing this came to you, you know, like, how did you get the idea for this? It probably just came to you while driving or in the shower, you know, in a conversation with a friend or whenever you were present and enjoying yourself. So I would just like focus on this one, see it through in a way that feels correct for you. And then eventually another one will come to you in this, in a similar way. So that would be my advice there. And I talk about that the ending of a big project feels like a big release. And sometimes I feel a little bit unstable after of like, I was putting so much in that. And now where do I put that? It almost feels like a breakup or a move or like you're just kind of discombobulated because it was taking up so much of your time and your space. And then when it's over, you're like, I even get like that with a busy day. Like yesterday I was like, I was saying I had a really tight packed schedule. And so, you know, the day after that, sometimes I'm like, what do I do today? You know, like I got it all in. And and so I think it, it can feel like that release. I talk about that with Linnea Sims in my episode with her from last summer, where we talk about like the release after a big project and something we really relate on. So you can listen to that conversation too. That might be be helpful to you. But again, a lot of these are themes that we talk about in Creative Underdogs. And we're doing a summer session that that we want to tell you about before we wrap up now. But Ella, is there anything else that you would add to that? Um, I really like everything that you said about kind of enjoying in the moment. I think just to echo what Katie said, I think that that project is really neat. And congratulations for following through and finishing a project. Because that's a big deal. And I I also have a ton of stuff that I start and don't finish. And it's, I think sometimes that follow through is the hardest part 
Yeah. So that's definitely an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. That is no small thing. Well, thank you for doing this with me, Ella. I love talking to you and thank you everyone for listening. Um, before we go, let's tell them briefly about the summer session. So if you don't know, I do a workshop. Well, I, I started this on a whim in, in October of last year of, of 2020 called Creative Underdogs. And it's a place for people who have a lot of ideas and want community and support around creativity and making things and productivity and, and being together. And so we meet three times a month. And the first is is like a Dharma talk where we talk about creativity and it's a supportive group around our projects. And then we break people up into small groups and then you know they can meet throughout the month. And then we have an online Mighty Networks community where people are constantly sharing inspiration and links and ideas and answering journaling prompts. And then we meet for a second time of the month with an artist conversation. So we have guests, including Linnea Sims has been a guest and my friend Christine, who we mentioned, and we had a feng shui expert and an actress, and they're all creative friends of mine, people who have, who have done this podcast mostly, or will do this podcast. And we do a work session together every month at the end of the month where we all get on Zoom and we do two Pomodoro techniques. So it's, you know, two sessions where we're taking a break together where we might do yoga or color and then, or talk about our feelings. And then we'll work for, for 20 minutes or half an hour, whatever we decide to do. And then we'll take a break together and, and do another sprint of working. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's four months and we move through this cycle, this positive feedback loop where we start with the, the first month is the theme is space. So creating space. The next month, the theme is gather. And then the next month, the theme is try and then share. And then we do it again. And it's cyclical and seasonal. And so for August, we're doing a session where members from the last session are each leading a workshop every week and it's free and everyone should join because I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be the summer in-process scavenger hunt. I'm renaming Creative Underdogs to be called in-process because that feels a bit more correct. I think we're all always in process. So summer session in-process. Ella, do you want to talk about briefly what each workshop is? Yeah. So the first one on August 5th is Ayurveda for Creatives. And then the second one is August 12th. And it's yoga and journaling, how to gather and nurture ideas. Third one is August 17th, happy making movement. And the final one, frequency harmonization for easy creativity. So each of those goes with each theme. So each workshop, you know, the, the first, there's four of them. So the first one goes with space and then gather, try, share. So we would love for you to join us. The link will be in the show notes and I'm really excited. I can't believe it's already August, but summer is a month that or month, <laughs> the season that I really love so much and, and means so much to me. And I really want to take this energy of summer and the feeling that the summer session, the feeling that I want the summer session to have is this sense of energy and bringing people together and doing really fun things. And so it's not so much about making a project. It's about exactly like I was saying in my answer to that question, which was bringing people 
closer to themselves so they can get ideas so they can feel good. Because I think, I believe when we're feeling good, when we're managing our nervous systems, that's when we can be a better friend. That's when we can be kinder and gentler. It's whenever we're more present, right? It's coming back to the mantra that I always go back to, which is here now in this. And you can't really do that when you're rushing, when you're overcommitted, when you're stressed. And so hopefully these workshops help us to manage our nervous system so creativity can come and we can hit the ground running in the fall in our new semester of creative underdog slash in process. Did I miss anything, Ella? I don't think so. I'm really excited for the summer session and to work with you for the fall session. Me too. Me too. Okay. So let's end with a deep breath and we will talk to you all on at the end of the week for an interview episode. Inhale, let it out. Thank you, Ella. Thank you.